Hi, Parker Ford Church. This is the first in a series of teachings I'd like to give on joy and grief uh, during our quarantine period. So we're going to be releasing some weekly videos uh, midweek around Wednesday each week. And for the next couple weeks, I'd like to tackle the topic of joy and grief. Before we get into it, would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for being with us, present in our homes. We thank you for your spirit that joins us together, even while we're apart. Father, as we look at your word today, as we study, we pray that we would learn to walk in the ways of Jesus. Teach us how to be a people of joy who walk through grief appropriately. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's teaching is meant to be an introduction to this topic, joy and grief. I'm calling this talk, Joy and Grief, the Paradox of Lament and Celebration in a Life of Love. I've been on a journey for the past several years of learning how inseparable these two emotions and the expression of these in worship are. Each of us long to live lives of fulfillment and joy. The trouble is, Life is so often too painful for us to experience even basic happiness, let alone abiding contentment. We cover the pain we experience through self-medication, consumerism, addiction, and the endless pursuit of distraction. But each of these coping methods only lead us down spirals of deeper despair. I'm convinced And I believe the scriptures model this for us from beginning to end that the only way to fully process pain and disappointment is through grief and lament. And the only way to grasp true joy is to go through the pathway of grief. To celebrate, often we must first lament. And in our culture, usually everything in popular culture tells us to avoid grief and avoid lament, to self-medicate, to push negative emotions away. But I think the Bible has something different to offer us. If you think about the scriptures, for a moment, think about the different genres in the Bible. Chapter, Chapter after chapter in the scriptures, psalm after psalm, the entire book of Job, the prophets, both major and minor, are dedicated to the expression of grief and lament. In fact, there's, an, there's actually a book in the Bible named Lamentations. If an entire book of the Bible is given to this, it should probably be something that we think about a little bit more seriously. The biblical writers understood what we Americans have missed so often. To live a life of joy, we must first be willing to lament and grieve. Here's my main thesis. I believe that joy is the twin sister of grief. In fact, I think that they're inseparable. Joy is not willing to allow herself to be possessed by a person who is unwilling to first accept her sister grief. In other words, if joy is something that you desire, and all of us desire to have joy, contentment, happiness in our life, if this is something we desire, Paradoxically, because of the design of God, we actually have to go through lament and grief in order to get to joy. And in fact, if we refuse to grieve and lament the things that are broken, the sin, 
the fallenness in our own lives and around us, I don't think abiding joy will allow herself to be possessed by us. We have to go through grief and lament. We have to accept grief in order to be able to fully accept joy. And it works the other way, too. Think about some major scriptures that we know. The second beatitude is, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn. That's the second beatitude. There's nine beatitudes. There's also nine fruit of the Spirit listed by Paul in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The second fruit of the Spirit is joy. So when he lists the fruit of the Spirit, he says it's love and then it's joy. The second beatitude is mourning. Here we see those paradoxes at the same place in these lists of nine. I don't find that to be accidental. I think there's a reason why the Holy Spirit put the second beatitude as mourning and the second fruit of the Spirit as joy. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, he puts these two things together. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Or another way of saying that would be grieve with those who grieve. So Paul's holding up both sides of the spectrum and saying these are both required for us to live a healthy life. Rejoice and weep. Celebrate, lament. If you picture a Venn diagram, and you can check out the uh, teaching notes that have gone out with this, if you picture a Venn diagram, two circles that are overlapping, I believe that in one circle you could put grief, and in the other overlapping circle you could put joy, and in the middle where they overlap is where you would find a life of both love and wisdom. It's in the intersection of grief and joy that we find a life of love and wisdom. Then we have a life of extremes. So if you're a person who's prone towards just pushing into grief and lament and avoiding joy, I think the Bible would call that the the life of foolishness. And that's a life of fatalism. But it's equally dangerous to push in the other extreme without embracing grief. And so a person who just seeks happiness all the time, who just seeks feeling good all the time, is also a fool. That's a person who's trying to live a life of escapism. And I think the scriptures teach that both extremes, whether you're just pushing into despair on one side or you're just pushing into seeking happiness on the other, either way, it's out of balance. It's when these two things come together, a life of balance of joy and grief, that we find a life of wisdom and a life of love. In the book of Lamentations, as you can imagine, the first two chapters are all about grief. The city of Jerusalem has fallen. The people have been led into captivity, into Babylon. And the writer of Lamentations is looking around and seeing all of the brokenness and despair. And he himself is expressing that grief and despair. He writes chapter after chapter about this pain that he's experiencing. But then he gets to Lamentations chapter 3, where we find one of the most beautiful passages in Scripture. Starting in verse 19, and I'm going to read from the message translation. He says this, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. 
I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember it. The feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember. And remembering this, I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. This is the passage, of course, where we get the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Morning by morning, new every morning, great is the faithfulness of God. Here we see these two things face to face, holding hands, lament and celebration, pressing into joy and the faithfulness of God while also looking around and grieving. I believe that grief and joy are the two primary emotions of love. When love is given and it flows and it's received, that's joy. When love is blocked or broken or not received, that's what leads to grief. And then underneath each of those, we have a myriad of other emotions that fall underneath these two big categories of joy and grief. And I think we see these two categories together in a healthy way in Lamentations 3 and in many other scriptures as well. And so it's in a life of balance between grief and joy that we find a life of health that leads us to abundant life, wisdom, and love. A few questions for you to consider this week in light of this teaching. How am I practicing lament in this season? Right now, as we self-isolate and go through the crisis, there are many things to lament. How are you practicing lament right now? Secondly, how am I practicing celebration and joy during this time? God's faithfulness remains. God's goodness remains. And we need to celebrate that. Thirdly, am I living a life of balance between grief and joy? When you look at your life, are you living a life of balance or do you find yourself trending in one direction without the other? I'd encourage you to press into a life of balance. And the fourth question, am I prone towards living in one side of the paradox over the other? A similar question. Just based on your personality and life experience, do you find yourself seeking happiness and escape? Do you seek um, fatalism and despair? Each of us have tendencies, so find which one is yours and then ask God to help you live a life of balance. I hope this teaching has been a blessing to you and encourages good discussion in your homes. May God bless you and keep you as you work through this. Amen.